Good morning all, good morning. How are we this morning? Grab your seat, sit on it. Welcome to Eastlake. If you're new at Eastlake, welcome. Great to have you here. And today I have the privilege of bringing the message and um, this is a real honour for me to be able to do this. And over the last couple of weeks we have been looking at our values as Eastlakers. And um, values are the things that define us. They, they, they make us who we uniquely are. And those things that God values and therefore we are called to value. And we are to live them out in our everyday lives and in the life of our church. Josh preached a crack of a message first up. And the value is people are our heart. And therefore, we want to make it easy for them to belong even before they believe. I just love that idea. I think I gave it to him. And then last week, no way. Last week, we explored the whole idea about excellence is our spirit. And how actions speak louder than words. And he gave us the three G's. Go, grow, and guard. And today, I have the privilege of unpacking the whole idea of honour is our calling. Can we pray? Let's pray. God, we just thank you. And in this moment, that God, you are, have known that, that we would be here. And you are, you're knowing in, in us that we can actually honour you by honouring others. And today, God, we pray and ask that by your Spirit and by your Word, you speak into people's lives today. And God, we ask that this day people would gain an extra expression or an extra vision of your grace and your mercy and your love for them. And today on this day, God, we would be able to capture by your Spirit and Word what this means to really honour this calling to honour, that we're called to honour. God, we pray and ask in this moment, right now, that you would teach us and lead us and guide us and inform us. And they all said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, in pre pre preparation for today's message, I've been reading the story of Naomi and Ruth. What a great, great story. Four small chapters, but it's got so much in it, you know, and I'm just absolutely struck about how much God can bless you and I when we honour others. See, there is just a lot of honour in the book of Ruth. Just a lot of honour. And I'm sure that we could learn and glean a lot from the key characters and the principles in this small book. But before we look into the story, I just want to catch you up on, on the background to the story. See, the book of Ruth starts with a woman named Naomi who is married to a man called Elimelech and they have two sons. And during these times, there's a famine in Bethlehem and there's, they're in the region of Judea. Judah, I should say. There is no food where they are. So as a family, they decide to get together and make a decision to get up and move to Moab. And during their time there, Naomi's husband passes away and her sons marry Moabite women namely Ruth and Opah, or Opah. And then after some time passes, more time passes along the way, Naomi loses also both of her sons. So Naomi now is left in Moab, a foreign land for her, and she's by herself with her daughters-in-law. See, the Bible says that she heard that the Lord had brought grain back 
to Judah, to her homeland. So she thought, let's make a plan. She prepared to go back to Judah with her daughters-in-law. And on the way, on the way, the Bible says that Naomi turns to her daughters-in-law and says, don't come after me. Don't follow me. Turn back. Go back to your own homes, to your own peoples. See, I think in this part of the journey, Naomi started feeling like, I, I, I don't think I want to go back. I don't think I want to go home. I don't want to remember the pain that I had in Moab. I don't want to remember and experience again the pain that I've had just recently. Is that you? Is that you? Regrets. Do you have any regrets? Do you have any obstacles in your past where you just don't seem to be able to move on from them? Do you feel like you want to turn back, give up? Well, this story, this story of honor and how honor can bless our lives so incredibly, I pray will minister deeply into your heart for the rest of your days. This is where we pick up the story now. And it's Ruth 1. But there's a, whole, there's a lot of scriptures we're going to read through here, and they may come up on the screen. But there's a lot of scriptures, but I want us to see these scriptures and just read them. But I want you to concentrate on the words and see what comes into your heart and in your mind as this happens. Verse 11, But Naomi replied, Why should you go on with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes. For I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight to bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Think, things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. Verse 14. And again they wept together. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Why, why would Ruth, why would Ruth be so determined, do you think? You know, what, what, would, what would make Ruth be so determined? What, what could make Ruth say these words? Because she had no obligation to do so. She had every right to leave. But for Naomi, she said, it's okay. Naomi said, listen, you're fine. Leave. You can go. No worries at all. It's okay, Ruth. I understand. Go back to your culture. Go back to your people. Go back to your family. And now this was Naomi speaking at her lowest of lows. She had lost everything. Everything. 
even the sense of being herself. But Ruth, but Ruth knew that she was called to honor Naomi. Honor is a choice. Honor is a choice. See, Ruth declared her choice boldly. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you die, I will die. See, Ruth committed. Ruth committed to honor Naomi. Ruth was called to Naomi, and that's exactly what being honorable looks like. To place value on. To place weight on, to add value to, to esteem, means to give respect. Honor is a choice. It doesn't just fall onto you. It doesn't just drop on us, you know. You can't sort of just be doing something and all of a sudden, oh, I feel honor. No, it's not like that at all. See, our honor is not so much about the position of the person. It's more about the position of of the heart. See, it is a committed, it is a committed heart that shows honor. A committed heart. Ruth had a committed heart. No matter what, I would die if it comes to that. She was so committed. She valued honor. But this whole idea of us being committed and, and it's, it's tough for us to grasp in our culture. You know, we, 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 don't really want to, we don't really want to make a commitment. You know, we, we, we don't want to do that. You know, that might lock us in somewhere, you know. And we, we like short-term conditional commitments. We like conditional, convenient commitments like Bron does. I'm now getting scared. I've got a dry mouth because I knew this little part was coming. Conditional, convenient, commitments like Bron. She is the master. I just wanted to repeat that again. If I'm going to get punished, I must do it, do it well. You know. <laughs> love you, Dale. Love you. But see, she buys, on the credit card, she buys some pants. Buys some pants. You can see them today. And then, no, not those ones, there's other ones. Take, she takes them home and then she tries them on and says, Aaron, what do you reckon of these ones? What do you reckon of these? And then she, she keeps them just in case. She keeps them just in case. But then she thinks, ooh, seven days. I've only got seven days. Ooh. Before the deadline date, on the sixth day, she, she sends them back. She sends them back. You see, why? Why does she do that? Well, we like to know if we can have an exit door in the background. We, we, we can just get out of our commitments, and we don't want to make commitments. We want to just live life on our terms. We, we honor, like, oh, what's that all about? We're going to make a commitment. Wow. See, Bronnie, I watch her. I watch her do this, and I, I can see it happening. I can see it start to happen. Shall I, shan't I, shall I, shall I, shall I, shan't I, shall I, shall I. And on the sixth day, yep, as I said earlier, they go back, where do they go? Where do they go? Straight back to Zara. Straight back to Zara. Why? 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 I hope some blokes are laughing. I need some support. Why? Because we like the commitment level of our comfort. 
We like our commitment level not to be too difficult. We just like it to be fit into the rest of our comfort life. See, Ruth's commitment was a hard thing. It was a hard thing. It was about honoring her mother-in-law, Naomi, no matter what. No matter what. If June, my mother-in-law, was here today, we'd plan to give her some flowers and I'll give her some later on. Maybe one rosebud. Anyway, because she committed her heart and she made up her mind, she moves the very heart of God to herself. For honor, for her, honor is a commitment. The type of commitment that says, I'm locked in. I'm locked into honoring God by honoring others no matter what it costs me. I will honor others. Because we're called to honor. We're called. It's not just a good idea. See, Ruth found a way. Sometimes we want to find a way to get out. But Ruth found a way to actually get in and to honor. See, Ruth said, if you come to Bethlehem with me, she said, maybe I'll be able to find you a good man. Maybe I'll be able to find you a good man. A guy, maybe Boaz, a Boaz. Now, in fact, she didn't do any of that. In fact, she told her the absolute opposite. Naomi says, I have nothing, Ruth. I have nothing. I can't give you anything. But Ruth still spoke out of her honor because honor is vocal. Honor is vocal. But it is always reflected in our actions. And most importantly, it flows from our heart, from your heart. Is honor flowing from your heart or is your head restricting that heart's flow see in the passage that we read earlier about Orpah the other daughter-in-law she walked the walk and talked the talk for a while but after a while what was actually really in her heart what she really valued in her heart led her straight back to her home and we can't put her down for that Whereas I'm sure many of us would have done the same thing in her context, which was very, very difficult. But that's the difference, you see. That's the difference between Ruth and Naomi. Ruth knew that she was called to honor. Called to honor. It wasn't just a good idea. And when you're called, it affects everything that you do. When you know that you're called by God to do something, and therefore now we are required to live that out in our everyday lives, and in the life of the church, and in the life of our community, it changes everything. And the honor doesn't just go one way. I love how Josh put this together. At least at Eastlake, we honor up, we honor down, and we honor all around. It affects every area. And I believe God is calling us as a people to honor. Just imagine if you could just imagine for a moment that, you know, God had this plan for you. God has this, this uh, thing He wants to bring into your life. It might, it might be changing some stuff inside you. It might be about actually growing in a more, a more mature way. Just imagine God was waiting for you. And you, then he, he tries to bring it to your life. And then you start trusting and you start honoring other people and then you start seeing things open up in your life because you're starting to honor others and therefore honor God see we're called to honor one of the blessings 
one of the blessings of honor is that honor releases favor over your life. Honor releases favor over your life. Honor releases favor over your life. Honor, see, favor blesses your life over you. It releases favor, and I'm sweating. But honor releases favor over your life. See, so many times we want blessings, but we're not really living out the right values God has for us. Honor is, a, is an essential key to receive from God. You cannot receive that from that which you don't honor. If you don't honor somebody, you won't receive what they say to you. If you're not honoring that boss or that friend or whoever, that family member, if you don't honor them, you won't be able to receive anything from them. You won't take anything. They might have a great word and speak into your life, but because, nah, nah, they just slip off you. See, your salvation may be sure and secure, and nothing can change that. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. What about all that God wants to do in and through you, into others? What about that? What about all that God wants to unlock in your life? See, there's people here I know today, there's stuff in your life and in all of our lives, mine too, where we need to actually clear out our hearts and our minds so that we can have space to honor others. Because we know that when we honor others by honoring God and honoring God by honoring others, when we do that, He blesses our lives. Blesses our lives. It's a promise. It is a promise. See, let's just have a look at how honor releases God's favor over Ruth's life in the book of Ruth. Ruth 2 and 1 to 2. Now, there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Now, the, the image here was ladies went out and harvested. They were the harvesters with their sickles, I imagine. And they, and they were pulling out the stalks and all those kind of things. And the gleaning, this is the whole idea of gleaning. See, gleaning was a practice of following behind those who are harvesting the heads of barley or the stalks of barley and leaving what remains from the crop harvesters for those who are poor and not able to support themselves. The Levitical law required this. So it used to be in the corners, one of the... Um, Dictionaries talked about these corners. There'd be less, more grain left there. And they'd come behind, and they'd be harvest, behind the harvesters. They'd pick up the grain, they'd pick up the grain, they'd pick up the grain, they'd put it in their little sacks, their little bag sacks, things that they had over their shoulder. They'd do this, and then this gleaning, they were, through this gleaning, they were able to support themselves. See, gleaning is a really good illustration, illustration how we can honor, how you can honor other people and therefore honor God. See, the question is, what are you gleaning? What are you gleaning, really? Listen to me. Listen to me. What are you gleaning? What is that you're picking up in your life? What are you gleaning off that movie? What are you gleaning from that 
person? What are you gleaning from that organization? What are you gleaning? Who are you following? Really? See, when you honor God by honoring people, God will drop some things into your life, things like purpose and things like blessings and things like hope, things like love and grace and people. Why? Because honor is a heart thing. See, Boaz, Boaz chose to drop the unexpected grain for Ruth because of the heart and the hard work that she sowed. Her, her poverty and heart desires were satisfied, all because of the commitment and honor she gave to others. See, honor is a heart thing. If you want to grow in your humility, you have to practice gleaning, following others, following others and picking up after others. In the men's toilet, boys, don't drop those things on the floor, those little pieces of paper, because I've got to pick them up. You know, so no. If you want to grow in humility, you have to practice gleaning. We have to ask ourselves, am I, picking, am I picking up after a harvester or am I picking up somebody else's bad habit? You can have a lot of friends, but what are you gleaning from them? Really? See, when I was a young pastor and a bit of a novice, I intentionally sought out the honor other leaders, to honor other leaders around me and sought to serve them in any way I could. And I was in this whole process, I was the one that was actually blessed. I was the one that actually received more blessing than they did because I was gleaning from them. I was gleaning so much wisdom and so many um, examples of what godly leadership should look like. And it released favor into my life. And many of, of them became rich and meaningful friends that are still pouring blessings into my life. And I hope in some small way that I've been able to feed that back into theirs. So let's have a look at how things worked out with Ruth as we continued to honor. Ruth 2 and 3 says this, So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as you, see, you, see, just, you can just see God behind all of this as it happened. Like, oh, how did you do that, you know? As it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the rich guy, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. And so let's skip down now to verse 8 of the same chapter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather the grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in the field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water that they have drawn from the well. In that passage of Scripture there, he gave double honor. He gave double honor. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked. I'm only a foreigner. She didn't have a great self-belief, did she? Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know, can this be said of you? I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. And I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. 
And I love this next part, how Boaz, as a type of Christ, just prays over her life. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for all you have done. If God does it to one, he'll do it to all. If God does it to one, he'll do it to the person sitting next, sitting next to you. God is not going to say, oh, yeah, you three, I'll do you three. I'll give you honor. But you, oh, I won't give you blessings. I won't confer more blessings over your life. No. See here, he's saying if you do it for one, he'll do it for all. How good is that? What a promise that God would be able to speak over your life. See, in Ruth 2, when Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men. There's protection now. Covering her life. Let her gather grain right amongst the sheaves without stopping her. And pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. If that isn't favor, then I don't know what is. See, favor is flowing rapidly and abundantly into Ruth's life because she had chosen and committed to demonstrate honor. And it all began with the honor she had from the very start. She chose to give her mother-in-law Naomi. See, honor truly is and truly was her calling. It's not only hers. It is yours. It is mine. Honor is a heart thing. It's a hard thing. I want to finish this morning with this verse in Ruth 2, 20. May the Lord bless him, that is Boaz, may the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as your dead husband. That man, Boaz, that man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Those are powerful words because Boaz is referred to as a redeemer. He was a human guardian that brought blessing into both their lives. See, Boaz was a type of Christ, a picture, I guess, of Jesus that was to come, our redeemer. See, here today, we are celebrating Jesus, the living redeemer, our savior, our protector, to whom all honor is due. For Jesus Christ died on that cross. He committed himself to serving and seeking those who are lost, those who are poor of heart. And our God truly is our true redeemer. And he wants to restore and replenish your life with his power, with his forgiveness, with his hope, with his promises, with his truth, and with his people. And the way we honor him is first to choose to accept the free gift that he bought for each and every one of us on that cross. By laying down his life, he redeemed us. He honored us, and therefore He redeemed us. And then when we receive that gift of grace through faith by believing in Jesus, we become Jesus' followers. And then our responsibility is to honor Him with our words and our action, to obey Him, the one who we follow. Honor, honor, honor from the heart. And as we do, we will find that favor flowing in our lives. So I guess the question for all of us this week is, who is God asking you to honor? Who, uh, this week, this week, today, who is God asking you to honor? And I imagine when I ask that question, 
that you'd already know that person. I imagine you'd already know who that might be. Is it your spouse? Maybe it's the boss at work who doesn't do things like you would like them to do. Maybe it's government leaders. Please don't dishonor them. Please. I know too, too many of them, it's not a good thing to do. Whoever it is, let's commit together to be people of honor. We honor up, we honor down, and let's honor all around. So would you stand with me and let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you that this day, this is the day that you have made. This is the day that you created for us to be here for such a time as this. That we would be those that who honor. Honor God. We want to honor you, Lord. We want to please you, Lord. We want to make your heart merry. Oh God, pour forth your spirit into our lives that we may honor you by honor others. 